evidence and answers. History shows us that nations rise and nations eventually fall. History also teaches that nations fall from within before they succumb to a foreign power. The average age of the great civilizations is around 200 years. Countries like Great Britain exceed the average, while other countries like the United States are just now reaching the average age. What are the signs of a nation in decline? Are we the generation that will witness the decline and eventual fall of the U.S.? Events in our recent days should raise our concern. You're listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucrin. Pat is an author and teacher in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Join Pat today as he reveals stages of a nation's decline based on Paul's teachings in Romans chapter 1. Will to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. We'll be going through verses 18 through 32 tonight. You know, this is one of those sermons that I wish that I did not have to give. It's one of those that is very difficult to preach and maybe hard for some of you to listen to. It's one that I don't like to present, but with recent events that have occurred in our time, there are times you come out here and you give the pastoral message of inspiration and encouragement, but there are other times you need to be the voice of a prophet and give words that maybe may not be very popular or people don't want to hear. I know this is a tough message, a tough one to, for me to preach, a tough one, I think, to listen to tonight. But I hope you'll take on the challenge from the Word of God tonight and the things that I'm going to share. And I hope that in future days, you'll have me back. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father, we pray for tonight's message. May the words from your Servant Paul, ring loud and true in our ears as we take on the challenge of his message tonight from the book of Romans. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, history shows us that nations rise and nations eventually fall. And in his book, The End of Christendom, historian Malcolm Muggeridge makes this powerful observation, and he says this, I conclude that civilizations like every other human creation wax and wane. By the nature of the case, there can never be a lasting civilization any more than there can be a lasting spring or lasting happiness in an individual life or a lasting stability in a society. It's in the nature of man and of all that he constructs to perish, and it must ever be so. The world is full of the debris of past civilizations, and others are known to have existed which have not left any debris behind them, but have just disappeared. History shows us that nations rise, nations eventually fall. History also teaches us that nations fall from within before they capitulate to a foreign power. This is the pattern we see throughout history and throughout the Old Testament with the nation of Israel. History has also shown us that the average age of great civilizations is about 200 years. Countries like Great Britain exceed that average, while other countries like the United States are just now reaching that age. Historians often attribute the collapse of a nation to economic, political, or social factors. But ultimately, when you study it, the problem is spiritual. And the question for us tonight is this, are we the generation that will witness the decline and eventual fall of the United States? Events in recent years and in recent days should raise our concern. 
Now, Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32 outlines the stages of a civilization or a culture's decline and eventual demise. The theme of Romans is the righteousness of God. And chapter 1 speaks of God's righteousness revealed in his judgment upon mankind. Now, these verses present not only the consequences of the original turning away from God, but Douglas Moo, in his great commentary on Romans, states that this foolish turning away from God and reaping the consequences is repeated in every generation and in every individual. And so what we see here is a great framework in our outline that teaches us the stages of the decline of civilizations or a culture as it turns away from God and explains the process of decline that leads to its inevitable downfall. And the first stage, stage one, is the rejection of God. Verses 18 through 20 read this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that he has made, so that they are without excuse. Verses 18 through 20 states that creation clearly testifies to the existence of a intelligent creator. The evidence for God is seen in his creation and the evidence is undeniable. Through creation, we can know that God exists and we can also know several aspects of the character of God by studying the created order around us or natural revelation. Creation every day is pointing us to a creator and to the nature of that creator. Therefore, Paul concludes in verse 20 that all men are without excuse. Then verse 21 states this, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Well, verse 21 teaches us that although God's knowledge is evident to all mankind, men and women reject the knowledge of God. The word know there is not that mankind has a personal relationship with God, but that they are aware of God through the witness of his creation in Romans chapter 2, the conscience, the moral law that is upon each one of our hearts. However, mankind has willingly chosen not to honor God, but to reject him. As a result, it says their thinking became futile and their hearts were darkened. The word futile here means to become vain and destitute, void of real wisdom, to be or act perversely or foolishly. Darkened here means unable to understand. Now, this does not mean unsaved man cannot know any truth. It means their ability to think accurately about God has been damaged and their view of reality has become twisted. The results of turning from God is our views of spirituality, morality, and reality become twisted. 
The beginning of a decline and self-destruction of a culture or civilization begins with the rejection of God. Now, this past week, we witnessed some disturbing events at the Democratic National Convention. Now, we know that God is neither Democrat nor Republican. We know that there's a lot of ungodly things that go on in the Republican Party as well. So we're not giving them a free pass. But at this particular convention, there are some disturbing events that occurred. In 2008, the party's platform mentioned God once, and it was in this passage. We need a government that stands for the hopes, values, and interests of working people and gives everyone willing to work hard the chance to make the most of their God-given potential. And according to reports, God was removed, this one mention of God was removed from the Democratic platform. Now, because of the backlash that was received from the public, according to reports, the president demanded that God be reinserted into the Democratic National Platform. And just a few days ago, a vote was taken on the floor and a two-thirds majority needed to be reached in order to reinsert God back into their platform. The amendment was presented and the first vote was met with great opposition. And after three attempts, the chairman finally forced the Democratic National Convention to accept the amendment and reinsert God back into the platform. But this was met with loud opposition and boos. And you saw the people in the convention booing God. Two-thirds majority was not reached, and the chairman of the convention simply ramrodded and said, we're going to put God back in, and that was met with a hostile reaction of boos. Also excluded from the Democratic National Platform was Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. This was taken out. It was also voted on to be reinserted. But also, gone was the reference to Hamas, and this was not placed back in. The reference to Hamas, that the United States and its quartet partners should continue to isolate Hamas until it renounces terrorism, recognizes Israel's right to exist, and abides by past agreements. This was not inserted back in. Well, it was disturbing to see that so many in one of our parties of government were booing God, showing their rejection of his authority in their lives and over our country. And rejection of God is the starting point of the unraveling of a society. Our life application thus is this. More than ever, in our post-Christian culture, we must be able to present a case for God and the truth of our Christian faith. Now is not the time to go into retreat, but we must engage the culture and its ideas. As in the early days of Christianity, we must outlove and once again retain the ability to outthink the culture around us. Training in apologetics and Christian worldview is no longer an option for the Christian today who must take their stand against the culture intent on pushing God out of the very fabric of our nation. The decline of a civilization or culture begins with the turning away from God. Now Paul writes, when a society rejects God, stage two follows. 
It then embraces false ideas and false religions. Verse 22 states, Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Psalm 14.1 says, The fool in his heart says there is no God. Now the Greek word there for fool is the Greek word moreno, or other forms morano. That's where the word moron comes from. Huh? So in claiming to be wiser than God and knowing better than God, we became morons. Now it means to make dull, to cause something to lose the purpose for which it exists. And as a result of rejecting God, a nation goes to embrace idolatry and false religion and false ideas. And they exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. As a result of rejecting God, a nation goes to embrace false ideas. And idolatry is putting some aspect of God's creation, whether it be an animal or a human or a material object, in place of God. That is the essence of what Paul means by idolatry here. And Paul records the foolishness of men and women who, given the opportunity to enjoy and bask in the glory of the immortal God, instead choose to worship mortal idols that cannot fulfill the deepest longings of our heart, bring meaning to our lives, or bring eternal life. Looking for answers to the deepest longings of our hearts, we are quick then to embrace false idols and ideas that only end up leaving us in a vast, empty darkness. And our culture today has embraced a host of false idols and ideas. Darwinian evolutionary theory led to the nation embracing the worldview of atheism or naturalism. And from atheism comes the ideology of humanism, that man is indeed the measure of all things. Man determines truth and right and wrong. And if man is the measure of all things, we end up with another prevalent ideology of our time, relativism, the idea that we cannot know reality. Therefore, absolute truth does not exist. Therefore, all ideas and beliefs are equally valid and true. And if no one has the truth, no one has the right to judge any idea as true or false. And relativism of truth leads to moral relativism that states all lifestyles and beliefs are equally valid and true. And no one has the right to say one belief or lifestyle is right or wrong. And this leads to another dangerous ideology in our culture, the new definition of tolerance or multiculturalism that says all cultures, all belief systems, all lifestyles are equally valid and true and must be tolerated. To say one lifestyle or belief system is wrong or dangerous is to be intolerant. Therefore, we are to accept all beliefs and lifestyles as equally valid and true. Well, this new definition of tolerance or a new multiculturalism has had a destructive effect on civilizations throughout the world. And in recent times, 
Because we know if you don't stand for anything, you'll easily fall to anything. And a tolerant nation that tolerates anything will be destroyed by a force that does not tolerate it. In February of 2011, the New York Times reported that British Prime Minister David Cameron stated in what is perhaps one of the most important speeches that he has made since he became the Prime Minister of Egypt. He stated that the decades-old British policy of multiculturalism, the belief that all cultures, values, and lifestyles are valid and true and should be tolerated, has failed miserably. And now England and other European nations have become one of the largest breeding grounds for radical Islam. He stated that the policy has allowed Islamic militants leeway to radicalize young Muslims, some of whom went on to the next level by becoming terrorists, and that Europe could not defeat terrorism simply by the actions we take outside our borders with military actions like the war in Afghanistan. He stated, Europe needs to wake up to what is happening in our own countries. He said, we have to get to the root of the problem. Chancellor Angela Merkel of Germany and French President Nicolas Sarkozy echoed the words of Cameron in their nations as well and agree that their countries have become some of the largest breeding grounds for radical Islamic terrorism. Left with an empty system of belief that tolerates anything, we will be destroyed by those who do not tolerate us. When you have a belief system that does not stand for anything, like relativism, you'll fall for anything. And our friends in Europe have been shouting a warning to us here in America. Don't follow in our footsteps. Learn from the mistakes we have made. Unfortunately, their words have fallen upon deaf ears and we're following right in the same footsteps. In my recent interview with Dr. Robert Spencer, one of the top experts on Islam, in his new book, a book you ought to read called Stealth Jihad. If you want a quick listen, go to evidenceandanswers.org and listen to my interview with him. And one of the shocking things he states is that because of our relativism and our new tolerance, the Muslim Brotherhood here, the largest terrorist organization in the world, has infiltrated top areas of our government and our military. And so our ability to stand against this force continues to wane, especially under the administration that we have now. The warning has been given to us by our European friends, unfortunately falls upon deaf ears here in America. And unfortunately, many of these ideas are embraced by the church. More than ever now, Churches are a hostile place for me to preach a message in defense of the truth of God's Word. And our life application here is this. Every Christian and every church must proclaim the uncompromising message of the truth of God's Word. But in our post-Christian age, it is not enough just to proclaim it. One must be able to defend the truth in a culture that has rejected God and the notion that absolute truth even exists. Now, the rejection of God leads to the embracing of false and dangerous ideas, which inevitably leads to the rise of destructive, immoral behavior. 
where sinful behavior is actually promoted as normal. Verses 24 through 27, Paul states this. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. The rejection of God leads to the embracing of false ideas and then the increase in immorality lifestyles which are destructive and dangerous to any society or culture. Verse 24, it says God gives them up, gives them over to their passions. This term gave over is used in the Old Testament when God hands over Israel to her enemies. God says, you want to worship these idols? Go right ahead, have them save you. And he turns them over to a foreign force that defeats and puts the people of Israel into bondage. God permits disobedient men and women to continue in and plunge more deeply into the sin and immoral lifestyle that they have already chosen. The picture is of God who is holding a person who is being towed down by a strong current in the river. And he's holding on to them, keeping them from being taken down and swept down by the current. But because they want to go that way, eventually he lets go and allows the current to take them down the destructive path they want to go. And verse 25 states that God gives them over because they embrace the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. And Paul gives us in verse 25 here the meaning, the definition of idolatry. It is putting some aspect of God's creation, whether animal, material, object, or another person, in place of God. That is the essence of idolatry here. Now in verse 26 through 27, Paul highlights one of the immoral behaviors here. And it is the sin of homosexuality. Paul says here, God gave them over to dishonorable passions. What are those dishonorable passions? Well, he names it here. For their women exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. What is natural is heterosexual relationships, men with women, meaning that is what God has designed. Homosexuality is labeled as sinful or here dishonorable passions. The perversion of sex is connected with the rejection of God and the embracing of idolatry here. So here Paul clearly highlights the sin of homosexuality and he states natural men with women unnatural, women with women, men with men. Now, I remember when we were at the University of North Texas and I was speaking in what's called the lion's den. 
That's where you present your case and then the students have an hour to just fire any challenges at you, whatever it may be. That's why it's called the lion's den. And the first question that came up, is homosexuality a sin? And I looked and I said, well, the Bible states that it is a sin. And the whole place erupted, went wild. I thought they were going to take me out and stone me. And they said, where? Where in the Bible does it say homosexuality is a sin? There's nowhere in the Bible that it says it's a sin. And I said, well, Romans chapter 1, right here. Natural, man with women. Unnatural, women with women, men with men. And they said, well, no, 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 you're wrong there. What that Bible passage is saying is homosexual rape and irresponsible homosexual behavior. It's not condemning men who are committed to one man in a gay relationship and committed for life. That's not what it's talking about here. And I said, well, I said, I don't think you can get that from this passage because it says what? Natural relations, men with women, and gave up natural relations and were consumed with passions for one another, committing shameless acts, men with men. So natural is men with women. Going against nature is men with men or women with women. Natural, men with women. Unnatural, women with women, men with men. This concludes part one of this important message by Pat. I'm sure you found this message sobering, but also challenging. If you missed any part of this message, log on at evidenceandanswers.org to hear it in its entirety. And while you're there, we invite you to read the related articles by Pat and his fellow researchers from Probe Ministries. Pat's ministry relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. Would you consider partnering with Pat in prayer and financial support when you log on at evidenceandanswers.org so that Pat can continue to proclaim important and biblical messages just like this throughout the world? Join us next week as Pat presents part two of this message on the decline of a nation right here on Evidence and Answers.